0: Hey everybody, it's the Terrible Terror here, and before we get started on this episode, I just wanted to talk about something that's happening around where I live uh, that has affected some family members of mine uh, and could affect a lot more people. If you don't know, there are fires that are raging in Northern California right now, right uh, in the Sonoma County region, Um, and It's difficult, like, every day so far. Before this recording, uh, I've woken up to smoke, completely feeling uh, the air around here. And it's, you know, two hours away from where it's at. And I can only imagine what's going through the minds of the uh, people that have lost homes and schools and communities. And uh, if you can, there are... Plenty of ways to donate. Uh, There is a GoFundMe page that has been set up. And there's also the Sonoma County Resilience Fund, uh, Napa Valley Community Foundation, and Community Foundation of Mendocino County. Uh, They're all accepting donations to help people that have been affected by the fire. And it just seems like every week there's something new that's happening uh, in this, this world of ours. And it does break my heart and i don't want to bum anybody out but um this is really close to where i am uh and it hits the community that you know uh that i know so if you can donate please do there's a lot of great organizations not just the ones that i'm referencing uh at the beginning of this little uh you know silly podcast of mine but it would mean a lot um For you to donate to anything that, (laughs) out of any of the disasters that we've experienced within the month of September and even the beginning of October, uh, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. So, with (laughs) that bummer uh, out and about, uh, let's start the show and let's get you guys entertained. It's time to turn off the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horrible horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode, I delve into the world of terrible horror movies. Why do I do it? Well, I can't really explain it, but I love these horrible movies. So if you've made a horror movie on your phone or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now what do you get when you pat a movie for an hour before you even mention fucking werewolves while well, you get the howling for the original Nightmare? Everybody and welcome to the Terrible Terror Podcast. Don't you love that 80s cheese? That's right. We are talking about... Oh, Howling 4. And it's got like the shittiest fucking like title past that. I mean, it's the original nightmare is what it's called. Howling 4, the original nightmare. And then the tagline, at least on the poster that I've seen, is fear is breeding fast. I'm going to warn you right now, there is nothing fucking fast about this movie. In fact, it is the longest hour and a half I think I have spent on this podcast. And I've watched Killing* 3. I've watched Deathbed, the bed that eats, the movie that moves at a snail's fucking pace. And I thought, God, something with werewolves. This is going to be kind of interesting because maybe even by the trailer standpoint, I thought it was going to be a so bad, it's good type of film, but little did I know it was just Oh, I literally right now just want to tell you, uh, these are the ratings, uh, night and you guys get like a five minute fucking podcast. It was so difficult to get through. I just didn't think it was gonna be like like this. like there are bad movies and then there are bad movies and ugh, ugh. and the one thing that it, it is available on Amazon Prime. like it seems like just recently, I don't know whether it was for the month of October or if it was just because it was released like this last week i couldn't find this movie for the life of me like anywhere and i found it in spanish on fucking youtube like the whole thing and even the the whole movie is on youtube like you can go out there you can watch it but it's uh, seems like it's truncated maybe i should have watched that and then it said it's the tv version of the film so that's why that running time is like an hour and twenty min one minutes and this is like an hour and 30 minutes right And really, I can see what they cut out. And it probably was one of the more enjoyable parts of the movie. Though, we'll talk about it. Uh, But honestly, like I could just basically give up at this point (laughs) for this movie. But, you know, I I do this because for some fucking reason i enjoy it uh and there are a lot of people that enjoy listening to it too so for you brave listener uh this is a movie that you do not have to see before you listen to this podcast uh in fact you can skip this movie altogether um it is like i said on amazon prime Uh, and the, the main complaint about watching it on Amazon Prime, and I I don't know if this is just a thing for this movie, but, uh, the sound editor for this film needs to be fucking, like, no longer working in Hollywood, like, period, because everything is, and the editor needs to go as well, right? It's not like it's badly cut together, that actually isn't much of a problem. I'd never really thought, oh, this cuts too hard. There are some times when you're watching it, and it's like <sighs> it just kind of goes into the next scene, like you're at the end of one scene, and then all of a sudden it just cuts from here like we're we're going to take off in a car, and then all of a sudden we're inside the cabin and we're starting a conversation, so some of that's a little jarring, right. But not as much as the biggest problem I have with the film overall. And it's within the sound design. And that nothing is fucking synced in the entire mo- I feel like I'm watching a, a straight up Godzilla movie. Or like this movie was... Let's go over to Evil Clutch, right? Where I believe Evil Clutch was filmed with them speaking in Italian. And then they just overdub the voices of the actors and actresses that were in the film, right? That's the way this movie is all the time. And just to kind of give you a little insight into how I do these things, you know, I, I grab the audio directly from a video source. Whether it is a stream, uh, it is, you know, YouTube, or it's a DVD or Blu-ray or whatever it is. That's how I grab the audio from, you know, all these movies. And sometimes, um, and depending on what format and how I'm watching it, because every once in a while there's a YouTube video, say I decide to find this movie on YouTube and I'm going to watch it and whoever is deciding to host the file, they do something to it so that it goes through, you know, YouTube's crap. And I thank those people because I've been able to see a lot of the older films. And the ones that are public domain, you can fucking watch up there. And and then there's some people, awesome people like Troma, who will put the films up there in rotation that you can just watch it. Uh, So if the Toxies are in the rotation, you can watch Toxie for free on YouTube. If they're not in the rotation, then you pay whatever it is to rent the film, right? Well, those guys and gals that put up the movies for everybody to see, uh, sometimes they have to do funky things uh, to the video. And sometimes that means maybe even desyncing the audio, or maybe it feels like they're doing that on purpose, but the audio is like a step behind. And when you're watching that, it's a little annoying just because you're trying to pay attention to what's going on, and yet you can't because the audio keeps just can't keep up with the damn video and so but i expect that for things like youtube right or you know if you have a video file from i don't know 1998 that's a real media file right you try to play it nowadays and the audio is gonna unsync and uh I don't expect that from our streaming services. And I don't blame Amazon for this because I've seen it on three different devices just to see if it was just one of the devices or if it was everything. So streaming it on the phone, streaming it on the PS4 that's there, or streaming it on my laptop that I use to record this shit, everything is behind. And it's behind by like a fraction of a second but it's enough to drive a man fucking mad while he's trying to watch the film you know you have uh if you're trying to watch an mp4 file right now on a ps4 it'll unsync after a while and so what do you do you exit it you get back into it and it syncs up but this i can't do anything about this all i can do is sit and fucking take it and for me to spend like It seems like seven or eight minutes on just this problem. This is not the worst thing about the film. This is the most annoying thing about the... Okay, it's probably the second most annoying thing. There's one other thing that I assure that we're going to get to. So, what do we know about this film? We know that it's a franchise. The Howling was very successful. Uh, Then, you know, you had The Howling 2, which... I I could say has its fans, and then kind of after that, it got the franchise tag, and it kind of went to shit. And there are a lot of fucking Howling movies. Uh, I mean, there's like eight of them, right? The last one that I know of came out in 2011, uh, but we're going to focus just on the 1988 Howling 4 with the original nightmare makes no fucking sense whoever decided to be like oh we have to give it a colon and give it a name because we decided to go with you know this type of naming structure after the original howling uh is fucking why why uh so I'm warning you now, this is going to be difficult to get through, and um, I apologize if this ends up not being the best episode of this show ever, uh, but <laughs> the movie, let's let's just get started. So, we open up in this film, uh, and we see a lady, and this is Marie. And she's a writer, and she's going to go meet uh, her publicist or her, I don't know, boss tony I, I never really know what the relationship between them are except for that i think tony has a thing for her but she's really in love with an asshole so we'll, we'll get into that again so she gets into an elevator and then uh as she's getting ready to go up the doors completely close, and then a numb pops up And then the doors magically open. Like, she looked like she was pressing the button because she saw the nun coming and she's like, Oh shit, I'm a fucking whore, so I want to make sure that I don't get, you know, stuck in an elevator with a nun where she can fucking judge me. Because who's to judge me is my own fucking body and I can fuck whoever I want. No, no, it's not really that, but... Kind of in my mind, I kind of wish that that was the reason why she was trying to close the door on the fucking nun in the first place. Well, nun's got nun powers, so the door magically opens, but it really only closes for a second, you know. Uh, it looks like maybe she reached over to hit the door open button, but she goes to hit the same button after the nun gets inside so that she can close the door. So, I like to believe that's because she didn't want to share a fucking elevator with a nun. And, honestly, would you? Would you feel comfortable? I warn you, there's going to be a couple questions that I'm going to ask you directly. Yes, you who are listening right now, you know who you fucking are. You better fucking tweet me your responses as soon as you fucking hear this podcast. But I'm going to ask questions that are going to be rhetorical. Um, But honestly, would you feel like weird about like trying to shut the door on the nun or taking the ride up with the nun? I don't know. I think I'd try to be nice and just let her go. Well, uh, Marie here, and I hate that her name is Marie, because I want to call her Mary most of the time, uh, because she doesn't look like a Marie. In fact, she kind of looks like an orc. Um, (laughs) I mean, seriously, if you put that makeup on her from, you know, the Lord of the Rings franchise, she would make a very good-looking orc. Uh, Or you just leave it off and get her a sword. I mean, she doesn't look like a hobbit, I can tell you that. So, here already starts the ADR problems that I can kind of hear, or the desynced audio from a fucking DVD. Uh, And she drops her papers, she looks up, uh, the nun obviously doesn't want to help her because she tried to close the door on her. But when she turns around, the nun is now fucking gone, and she meets up with Tom. Uh, tom is very excited to see her because he's like you're the only one that gets your work done on time and they decide to go have dinner on this patio and she starts seeing the nun again and the nun she's hanging out over by the what looks like the barbecue pit and the chef and you know if i was some weird ethereal nun thing i'd probably want some barbecue too especially if i was dead But we don't know if she's dead. All we know is that she's there. And it turns out that uh, maybe Marie has been dreaming these things. Dreams. They're just
1: dreams. They're not real. Just dreams.
0: Yeah, keep saying that to yourself while you're inside the hospital. And she gets interrupted by Richard, who I guess is her husband... It's not quite assumed that it's her husband right away. I mean, I kind of thought so, but the thing is is that, like, you don't know whether or not she's having a dream still, or, you know, it's somebody that's in her imagination, because I really thought Tom was something, the way that they interacted with each other. I really thought that he was something to her, like a boyfriend or whatever, but no, it turns out to be this, like, brawny, paper towel, wannabe, rugged-looking man with his, like puffed-out 80s hair and 80s beard. You know the ones I'm talking about. Like, in Dynasty, if you guys ever watched that show, which you probably didn't... You know, Jr. got shot, that whole thing. Don't you remember Dynasty? Man, fucking old. Anyway, so he's got the 80s beard, okay? And the weird, puffed-out 80s hair, where it probably has a rat tail, but it doesn't really look like it has a rat tail, right? It looks... you know completely clean all the way around even though it's kind of poofed up so she's there i guess in the hospital because she's had some sort of nervous breakdown for the umpteenth time and we see richard talking with the doctor trying to get some advice on what to do
2: it's just imagination doc it's how she writes her books like she sees the stories in her mind or something yeah maybe in the beginning This time, her imagination's gone too far. You see,
0: what you and your wife have got to face up to
2: is the enormous pressure she's under as a best-selling author.
0: Oh, so much pressure being a best-selling author, why don't you just go do the fucking cocaine that Stephen King did, okay? Just because you saw some sort of, like, hellhound thing in the fire, and some nun that was around all the places, what you really were imagining was good southern barbecue, and the problem is, is that you're in fucking L.A., and even though there's probably a couple of good places that you can get some barbecue down there, it's not, like, real southern barbecue, like Texas barbecue, or Kansas City barbecue, or, you know... The ones that I make in my pit in the backyard? That's right, I'm a fucking barbecue master. What's up now? I know my barbecue. So, of course, the decision is made that they're going to take her out into the country. So that way she can get some fresh air, she can not worry about writing, and, you know, of course, fucked up shit is going to happen to her. So we fade over from the hospital to the next scene, and we see her in a car with... Wait, who the fuck is that... Is that fucking Tom? Why the fuck is Tom in the car with her? What? Explain yourself.
1: Richard's going to be driving back and forth to L.A., though. He's up for a big design job, did I tell you? No. Oh. Ah, he really needs this. I hope he gets it. He's been on such a downer lately. This would be great for him.
2: Do you need any company with his car?
1: No way! You'd have me trying to write all the time. Forget about it. <laughs>
2: well I was just
0: trying to be helpful no 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 Tom doesn't want you to write I think you got your words mixed up there he wants you to ride ride him all the way long while you're up there I mean she shot him down really hardcore there's like friend zone and then there's super friend zone and he just got stuck in the friend phantom zone okay he's gonna be flying out in space with fucking Zod in a little while so they keep moving on down, moving on down that road until they get to a uh, fork in the road. And when they get there, they can't quite figure out what's going on. And then all of a sudden, a sheriff shows up. Now, what did I do? I
1: don't know. i sure that I wasn't speeding.
2: Well, now, just where it is it we're trying to get to?
1: Good afternoon, officer. We're trying to find Drago.
2: Drago, huh? Yeah, she and her husband are renting our cottage there. You staying here too? No, I'm a friend giving her right. Well, friend, you head on right. little ways along there's a break to your left. Now, you take that.
0: But if you get to the town, you going too far
1: Thank you officer
0: <laughs> Okay, you know what you did wrong? You stopped in the middle of the goddamn road to look at a map. You didn't pull off to the side. You didn't just decide to choose one of the ways to go. You stopped in the middle of the road like Not even like the right-hand side of the road, because that road looks big enough to hold two cars. You're just right there in the center, of course the cop is going to fucking pull you over, and you look like a yuppie son of a bitch, so of course the cop is going to pull you over, but he's going to let you off without any problems, because you do look like a yuppie son of a bitch. I guess that's both a positive and a negative, isn't it? So, they eventually get to this really shitty, run-down house. I mean, it doesn't look that bad. But it honestly looks like if you, like, transplanted it into the middle of a desert, this would be the Hills Have Eyes fucking cottage, right? It would be completely run down there. But here it looks like, oh, people kind of lived in it. And so, Maria, she goes inside. And guess who's there waiting for her? Why? It's Richard. But he doesn't like the fact... ...that Tom is also there.
2: Tom? What a surprise. I didn't expect to see you here. Yeah, it was a last-minute thing. Very cool to say goodbye.
1: Tom politely volunteered. Knowing I'd say no, of course, so I said yes.
2: (laughs) Uh, Well, wasn't that nice of you, Tom? But look, can I get you a glass of champagne or something? Uh, Look, don't worry. i got to get going back to L.A. I mean, who knows if I drink and drive? I'll never find my (laughs) way back.
1: Hey, why don't you just stay here tonight? I mean, it looks like we have plenty of
2: room. Look, Marie, he's got to get back. Tom's got to get back, right?
0: That's right. No fucking three way for you, Tom. No fucking wobbly H is going to be going on tonight. And in fact, you probably wouldn't be able to hit the back, you'd only get the front. Uh,. The other thing is he's just like, oh, no, I probably shouldn't drink because I'm going to lose my fucking way home on the drive. No, you're probably going to drive off into a fucking ditch if you fucking go ahead and drink and then you fucking drive, you moron. Like, honestly, where is the... Like, the fact that everybody's kind of okay with it. Oh, no, guess what? You know, you should have a couple drinks, so um, let's do some shots. We're going to do body shots, tequila shots, maybe do some vodka shots. Uh, Then you can have some champagne, right? Uh, Then we'll finish off with maybe like a gin and tonic or a Tom Collins. Something that's just a nice little sipping type of uh liqueur. You know, oh, yeah, maybe we'll just do that. We'll just get a big block of ice. We'll have some uh, fucking whiskey. And then you can drive home like fucking smashed off your ass and then for shooting him down in the car she's like oh why don't you spend the night okay like (laughs) your husband's gonna be cool with that because he obviously doesn't like him you can obviously tell by the tone even though the tone that he gives in this movie is kind of non-existent or exactly the same in fact ryan gosling as a fucking replicant has more fucking emotion when he's not trying to show any emotion than this fucking guy has in this entire movie Ugh. soon as richard can get tom the fuck out of there we transition up into the bedroom and we see that richard is trying to get it on with marie but of course the fog and the werewolves fucking cock block him richard Noise. What noise? That
2: howling. i will just hearing the animal in me.
0: Oh, great! Yeah, that's what I wanted to hear, right? A really cheesy one-liner uh, about the fact that he's uh, so hungry, like the wolf. Or why didn't he just say that? Why didn't he just be like, "What was that noise? The howling." Oh, that's just me, baby, because I'm hungry like the wolf. I mean, that would have been a dumber, yet more entertaining line than, Oh, must be the animal in me. And then why didn't he fucking just howl for the hell of it? This movie is missing things. And one of the things it's not missing is a slow pace, because even though this feels like it's been 20 minutes, this has been 11 minutes of the goddamn movie. And this is just how it goes. And, oh, oh, (laughs) I just, I I hate this, the way that everything goes. So uh, we transition from here to them pulling into town the next morning, I assume, because they need to get some supplies. And they look around after they've stopped and they realize that there's something weird about this, like, well, hick town. It's
1: like time stood still, isn't it? Where's all the kids and the the barking dogs and...
2: I don't know. Maybe they all went fishing.
0: So they walk into like an art store or antiques. I don't know what the fuck it is. All I know is that it has art supplies. It's got all this weird crap all over the place. And it's got a fucking succubus that's there. Yeah, that's right. I said it. She's a fucking succubus. And for such a hick town... She has, like, the most impeccable modern makeup for 1988 that you can possibly see. Like, she is able to just keep up with the times and everything is perfectly fine. Even though everybody in this in this town, they all look like they belong in fucking Amish country. Except for our sheriff guy here, he looks like he belongs in fucking True Blood. You know who I'm talking about if you can, like, think of another sheriff that would match this guy's description. So... After they leave this shop, where the shop owner flirts with Richard right away, uh, he has to assure Marie that, of course, he's not tempted by the succubus, though it's 1,000% obvious that he is lusting after fucking hard.
1: (sighs) Wolf in sheep's clothing,
2: eh? She's probably like that to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You
1: remember that, and you won't go wrong.
2: Are you jealous?
1: (laughs) What? Of a flirtatious shopkeeper? Give me a break. Uh, Should I be? Huh?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, actually, you should be. I'm not going to ruin anything right now, but you should fucking be. So, they decide to go into the general store, which, again, like, they have a list of supplies that they need, but it's basically... I mean, you're never going to be in my house, but it's as big as my fucking living room, okay? Like, there's two shelves that has stuff, and there's no fucking butcher. So where are they going to get whatever meat they're going to cook unless they're vegetarians? But then there's no fucking, like, garden around there or veggies lying out. They've got two fucking shelves of stuff. Uh, I need, let's see, I need smokes, okay, they got smokes, uh, I need, oh, oh, looks like you have a rack of lamb that's just been sitting on the fucking shelf forever, uh, I need a pack of Magnum condoms, and of course, you know, the old man's gonna turn to him at that point and be saying, like, son, I know you don't need Magnum condoms. Here, I've got, like, the McDonald's of condoms, Trojans, just ready for you. Uh, And even then, he'd probably look at him like, oh, are you guys married? Because, you know, sex out of wedlock, that's a fucking sin. So while Mr. Ormstead here is helping Richard out, uh, Mrs. Ormstead, she starts talking to Marie, and she explains that she's, well, she's the town fucking gossip. That's right, she's the Helen Lovejoy of this town
3: you'll be wanting to know what goes on in these parts well not much folks keep pretty much to themselves around here we live our lives mind around business except for me i mind everybody's business
0: so they go back home after getting whatever supplies from the armsteads that they need and richard again tries to get down with his wife uh one more time and a This time, the howling and everything that's going on distracts her enough to the point that she doesn't want to do anything or have sex, which makes him very fucking upset. The next day, she goes out for a walk with her dog, Pierre, and of course, Pierre runs away. Uh, She decides that she needs to go and talk to the sheriff, which Richard's not very happy about, but he takes her anyway uh, to see if they can find her dog. Now... I didn't get any audio of this, and it's probably just a pet peeve of mine, but she kept calling her goddamn dog, Pierre, a poodle, and it's not a poodle, okay? It's a toy poodle, because it's one of the little small fucking kicking dogs, okay? Poodles are big fucking dogs, like, they're more than, like, a medium-sized dog, and they can be pretty, but they are very prissy and, you know, just... Kinda girly, depending on how you decide to model the dog, right? But toy poodles are the small fucking ones, and every time she talks about her fucking dog, she calls it a poodle. It's not a poodle. It's a toy fucking poodle. I know, this is something very small to bitch about in a film this terrible, but it still fucking bothered me that night she has another dream and this time she's running through the forest and she's running in slow-mo trying to catch up to what she thinks is a nun and is unable to actually catch her she wakes up after she's had this dream and richard he's finally going to be leaving for the day right he she slept in a little longer than she should have but he's got to go into la And do a job for somebody so eventually he can be the one that everybody calls on to for design. Isn't that a little odd? He's an interior designer and she's the writer. Wouldn't these things be like normally reversed? I mean, especially for the 80s if you think about it. Well, don't think about it too hard because it's still fucking stupid. So he leaves her there and she instead goes into town. And that's where she has a little talk with Mrs. Olmstead. Uh, about the people that used to live in the house that she's currently occupying
1: Oh, Pierre won't
3: starve out there he'll be back just like a man with his tail between his legs
1: (laughs) you don't believe that dear I'd like to Mrs. O it's just that there's something so sinister about these woods every night I've been hearing this howling Well, it's
3: probably just owls. The woods are full of them. (laughs) Sounds so evil, though. Things always sound scarier at night. Why, Mr. O's snoring scares the bejesus out of me. (laughs) Don't let it worry you.
1: I know, it's probably nothing. You're probably right. Who used to live in the cottage?
3: Oh, a lovely couple. She was a dear. Nothing was too much trouble for her. Then one day they just up and left. Never said a word. I still miss them.
0: Okay, owls do not fucking howl. They hoot, you dumb lady. Like, really? And it's like fucking Captain Obvious right here. Oh, there's something weird with the town and the town people Oh no, they're just normal people. Everything's okay. But everything that they do, no matter which person they are, they always have some weird type reactionary like stance to what is going on. And the moment that she mentions the howling, they go and like she's like um It's owls. Yeah. Like, like she's fucking John Lovitz here, and it's, yeah, that's the ticket, it's fucking owls, yeah, yeah, owls. No, it's not fucking owls. You can tell the difference between a fucking wolf and a fucking owl when it comes to this thing, and listen, lady... There's obviously something weird about you, the way that you pause, and the way that you try to misdirect, but of course, Marie is too fucking stupid to fucking realize what the hell's going on here, and we all know what is happening here, okay? I just, the only thing I can say is Nilbog, alright? This is the type of thing that we're gonna get at one point in the film, it's gonna be like, oh my god, I can't believe they were all, you know, whatever they are, and then Okay, they're werewolves, okay? Like if you can't get that by this point in the film by just watching it, the movie's called the fucking howling. You know it's about werewolves, yet nobody has said anything about anything about werewolves. So, uh Mrs. O here asks her why doesn't she drive, and she gives her some type of like bullshit answer of, oh, well, the doctor says I shouldn't drive because, you know, my condition. I bet you there's other reasons why. So she walks back to the cabin in the woods, and while she's walking, she all of a sudden sees a hooded figure walking away, and she thinks that it's the nun once again, But turns out, it's that whore witch succubus that was in the art store instead. And then, again, this lady tells her... Like, after they have their little conversation, like, oh, did you know the easier way to go home is to go over that rickety-ass fucking bridge over there that's hanging by, you know, just a couple of threads, and it's a creepier way, but it'll get you home faster. Hint, hint, wink, wink. You only have to go by this cave that's gonna put out fucking howling noises out of it where other wolves could possibly be. Oh, wait, I mean, I'm sorry. Where whatever is there is whatever. I <laughs> like... It's just, the thing is, is that you can do these types of things, right? You can give hints and clues and X and all that type of stuff. But when you have your actors, like, they're so bad that it's just blatantly obvious with the whole thing. It it sucks. But even when you have that, like, let's take Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz is a great fucking example of how to do it right. Because you have a smart character at the same fucking time, right? So you have all these townspeople that are there that are acting very odd and giving weird type of responses, and you're just like, they know something of what's going on, like all these people of this town, but they just don't wanna do anything about it, you know? And you kind of take it at face value because, hey, these are older people. And they, you know, maybe they just want to live the country life, and that's why they're acting the way that they're acting. But it, you know, it turns out that they know more than they're letting on. But you have a, you have two. You do have a dumb character, and you have a smart character, but the dumb character's living in that town for the whole time. But the smart character that's come in, he just kind of pieced things together and he's able to actually realize what it is. Even when you get the revelation of everything, there are still some parts of it that are entertaining and very surprising to the the viewer of the film. Where here, she's as dumb as a fucking bag of rocks. Like, she is the most oblivious of oblivious people where they're acting like this and she's just like, cool, cool no problem um i'll just go this way that looks a lot scarier than the normal way that seems safer to go home or maybe just have you come with me you know i'm a lady walking through the forest all by myself let's go into the creepy area that all of a sudden the fog's gonna fucking come down and i'm gonna see the head of my dead fucking dog Oh yeah, that's right. She sees the head of her dog uh, in one of the caves, and then she runs home, and of course she runs into Richard's arms. Hey, Marie, what in the hell happened?
1: I found here. I found just this head, and then something was following me through the woods. I just
2: feel it. Marie, now calm down. Now, come on, explain what happened.
1: It's in the cave. I swing bridge, you know? Uh-huh. And then something was following me, Richard. I could feel him. He followed me all the way home. He's out there. I could feel him. All right,
2: honey, come on. Come on, come on. Come, calm down. I'm going to go see
1: No, Richard, don't go. It's oh,
2: okay. Wait, I'm going to go see you. It's, it's okay. Out I'm gonna make out there. Look, honey. It's okay. Don't leave me.
0: You know your wife is begging you to stay there and be with her while she's basically kind of going fucking crazy, but no, you want to go outside to where you're probably going to get bit, and of course there's nothing out there, and he is a little bit peeved you know because he thinks that she's still having delusions because her imagination's too fucking good uh he, what ah. <laughs> I have to laugh at this cuz it's just so terrible. Uh so we kind of jump around not not a whole lot, but the the big thing that happens next cuz I'm going to kind of scoot this along a little bit, but uh she basically sees the old couple inside the house who tell her that she needs to leave, she needs to get away. Uh, and then she's approached by somebody at the door who happens to be Janice. And Janice is one of her biggest fans. Of course, she also thinks that she's a dirty birdie, but she doesn't really bash her legs in. I really wish that would have happened. Wouldn't it have been better? There would have been so many things if Janice was... Okay, I don't want to get too far. We'll we'll talk about that maybe later, if I can remember to include it this time. So Janice, the crazy fan... uh if it really is that to be honest with you the way things turn out and the fact that like she just like oh you're a fan okay just come on inside and she starts talking with her a little bit and then all of a sudden she starts like laying everything down that she's just like she's going through and we find out that Janice, actually is an ex-nun that is friends with a specific nun that somebody has seen before.
1: I just love it here during the day. During the night though, I get so scared. I keep hearing these sounds that really frighten me. It's probably because I'm just a city girl. What sounds? Well, it's like these howling sounds. Howling? Yeah. Have you heard that? Me? No. No, but
3: a friend of mine used those same words.
1: What she heard it here? I'm not sure. Well what? What'd she say? Well
3: until recently I I was a nun. I had a very close friend in the convent, Sister Ruth. She disappeared a year ago, last February. Two weeks later, the Mother Superior called me and said Sister Ruth had been found in Drago. She was almost incoherent and babbling on about finding the devil and the sound of bells and... and then the howling. She was never able to tell us what happened She was very frail She refused to eat And a month ago she died I left the convent and came here I had to find out what happened
0: Okay, so there's a lot of things that are kind of going on here First... How many times do they have to say the fucking howling in this movie? Like, howling, 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 howling. I was gonna count, and then I was gonna turn into a drinking game, and then I figured I'd be fucking dead, and I'd be probably asleep by the time I stopped counting the fucking times that they, you know, said the howling in this movie. Uh, the other thing is that she can't be a fan, right? Because she the reason that she's coming to this house is because supposedly her ex-nun, nun well, okay, so she's an ex-nun, right? So because her sister, or I guess ex-sister, and I don't mean sister-sister, I mean nun-sister, um, came out here for whatever reason it was, she's really tracking her down. So I don't think she's a fan, I think she just has something to do with this place, right? And I feel it's a little bit obvious, especially the way that she kind of just shows up there holidaying. And, you know, she just happens to be also be a fan of Marie here and figures out where she's at because she asks people in the town. It just seems to be all too convenient, to be honest with you. And then Marie, too, she kind of reacts oddly when she's told about the nun and she actually sees a picture that janice gives to her and that's the nun that she's been seeing in her visions and in her dreams so marie she decides that hey you know what i'm gonna help you out i'm gonna help you figure out what happened to your sister ruth uh and uh let's you know let's begin our investigation later on richard comes back he's Still pretty upset, and he's out looking for the dog everywhere, and he can't quite seem to find him, right? Eventually, he does find something that resembles the dog in a creepy ass doll that has white curly hair. And as you know, most toy poodles, as well as poodles, they have hair rather than fur, and it looks just like the doll head. So he takes that doll head back to Maria, and while they're discussing things, he shows it to her and says, Hey, you know what, you're probably just being a little delusional. And this is probably what you saw. And she kind of gives into it since she believes that maybe he's actually alive. And that brings her a little bit more of joy. So Richard goes off the next day. And while she's kind of around the house, all of a sudden, two hikers randomly show up. And one of them, the girl, she's hurt. So Marie, she does tend her wounds, and then we get the odd reason of why they are there.
1: You guys aren't from around here, are you?
0: No, New York, driving and hiking through
2: California.
1: John's idea of a hike is a forced march.
2: (laughs) We came to see the bell tower in Drago.
1: The bell tower?
2: Yeah, it's a replica of a 16th century bell tower from Europe, and the bell is the original, quite a history behind it. Evidently, the bell was rung to summons the townspeople. And when they were all inside, the tower was burned down. Apparently, there were no survivors.
0: Is that a true story?
2: Yeah, well, I read it in an old National Geographic.
0: Oh, fuck, then it must be true. I mean, if it's in the magazine right next to the old aboriginal tits, then I totally believe that this bell story is totally true. Also, did he say Summons. Like, this summons the townspeople instead of summon the townspeople. I I don't know. Maybe it's true or he has a lisp or something like that. Uh, And the last thing is, this is a weird story to just randomly tell them. Somebody that you've never met before. Oh, we're here because there was a story about a bunch of people that got... You know burned to death in a fire, and we thought it would be neat if we went over and we saw the bell that caused all the chaos and carnage and we were also hoping maybe there was going to be some bleached white bones uh, so that we could steal them and take them back as an archaeological find to the museum because God damn it, those bones belong in a museum, so our hikers leave and they go on their merry way. And then, of course, they get attacked by something in the woods, but we never see what it is. There's a lot of weird fog for daylight. It's like, all of a sudden, whatever the monsters are in this movie, they're going to randomly show up. we got to make sure it's super foggy, because it's not nighttime, but we're still not going to show shit. And we're really not going to show these people die, because we're going to wait for our makeup budget for later on in the movie. Richard's now come back to the house, and he has a surprise there for Marie, and it happens to be a rifle, because that's going to make her feel better. Well, I guess they're out in the middle of nowhere, so yeah, a rifle might actually help you, especially if you teach her how to use it later on in the film. He also brings home a rabbit and tells her, Oh, time for you to cook this bitch. No, he doesn't really go like that. Uh, But he does tell her that dinner is served, and next time he'll make sure not to get something so gamey. While they're in the midst of talking, of course, the howling starts up again. And this time, Richard is around to hear it.
1: Did you hear that, Richard? Richard, you heard that, didn't you?
2: Yeah, I heard it, but it was probably...
1: No, no, no buts, Richard. You heard that. You see, I told you I didn't imagine it.
2: It was probably a coyote. Maybe he's in heat. You coming up?
1: I'm just gonna finish the dishes first.
2: Now I know why they invented paper plates.
0: That way that you can get to the fucking faster and she does have another vision and this time it's Sister Ruth sitting over in the corner well not sitting but standing over in the corner Uh, of course that kind of freaks her out a little bit and then the next morning she talks to Janice about what she saw
1: I saw Sister Ruth last night what? I know this is going to sound crazy maybe it is but I saw her here And the expression on her face was like something horrible was happening right here in my living room. Like, I don't know what. I told you I have quite an imagination. And there's something else too. These hikers I met yesterday told me about the bell tower in Drago Didn't you say something about Sister Ruth and the sound
0: of bells? So with this new knowledge in hand and the fact that Sister Ruth has been hearing bells, they decide to go check out the bell tower in the town. When they go over to it and they try to go inspect it, Uh, Mrs. O and Mr. O both stop them from going down and doing the inspection and of course they don't think anything of it again this is just a stupid character being stupid and not realizing that hey something must be going on because she's like oh uh, 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 it was just used for fires. Uh, and wait, isn't the lore that a bunch of people got trapped in there in a fire? Oh, it's just to tell us, uh, you know, like the firemen, hey, there's a fire going on. You need to get the fuck away from things and get away from the fire. But no, that's not the case. She's just obviously just making this all up. Like... Again, she has the worst poker face of any poker face that I've ever seen. I know it's not much, but I can tell when somebody is obviously fucking lying, yet Marie fucking can't, and neither can Janice. Like, they have to have some weird type of fucking revelation that's going to come on later in this fucking film that I just don't understand. (sighs) <sighs> so they go see the doctor that once helped Ruth when she was becoming sick and was becoming delusional. And originally they just kind of wanted some information, but uh, Marie, she's the one that decides to ask about Sister Ruth.
1: Doctor, about a year ago you treated a nun. Her name was Sister Ruth. The sheriff said you might be able to give us some information about her.
2: Yes, Sister Ruth terrible terrible thing she was found wandering in the woods near catatonic
1: in the woods hmm the sheriff said she was found at my place at wilderness cottage
2: now as i recall the sheriff found her in the woods
1: janice was a very close friend of hers and i was reading about her case me being a writer and everything
2: oh of course You're our visiting celebrity author. Well, if I can be of any more help, don't hesitate to stop by.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: So, what I also forgot to mention before this scene happened is that they saw a Chevy van being pulled away. And... Marie thinks that it belongs to her friend, so they snuck into the garage where it was, couldn't pass the sheriff and everything, and after they've talked to the doctor, for some reason she's remembered, she calls Tom and tells Tom that, can you look up these license plates for me? They're New York plates, uh, and I want to find out who they belong to and see if they belong to her, quote-unquote, friends uh, that she made like she's already friends with these hikers and all she did was patch up a leg and listen to him tell a creepy ass story Fuck. I guess I'm friends with a lot of people then because I've heard a lot of ghost stories from random people in my life, and now I've got to go reach out to them and tell them, hey, guess what? You're my fucking friend. Because remember that one time where we got really drunk in college, and you told me that one story that was really creepy and it was meant to scare everybody in the group? Well, that automatically meant that we were friends. Because there's that time where I bandaged your ankle. And so, those two together... Scary story and uh, bandaging... It makes us the best of friends uh, that ever words. And that means that... You owe me a hundred bucks. Uh, remember that time? You, you probably don't remember the time you borrowed the money from me, but I'll let the fucking... No, no, I need that as soon as possible, please. Okay, thanks. Hopefully you're listening to this. Janice and Marie also decide that they're going to go over... And they're going to talk to the father that helped Sister Ruth and try to figure out where exactly she was found.
3: Did Sister Ruth say anything when you saw her in the hospital?
0: I couldn't make any sense out of what you were saying.
2: I barely recognized her. The only thing she said was, well, it sounded like we are all in fear. I don't know what terrified her so, but the devil must have touched her. Because after that, she never became normal again.
1: When you found her in the hospital, did they say whether or not they found her in the woods or in the cottage?
2: I thought I can't remember.
1: Marie thinks she might have been in the cottage she's renting.
2: Well, that I don't know. I remember she was suffering from exposure in the Maybe
0: she was in the woods and saw refuge in your cottage. Okay, she can be in both. And let me explain why. There's a cottage. It's in the goddamn woods. Was she found in the cottage or was she found in the woods? I understand that it was oh, well, was she found wandering the woods or was she found in the co- You know what? If she's in the cottage, she's in the goddamn woods. If she was wandering the woods, then you say wandering the woods. If she was wandering in the cottage, then you can say in the goddamn cottage. But no matter what it was, she was technically found in the woods. But it probably was the opposite. She probably saw something in the house that fucking spooked the hell out of her. And then she was wandering around in the woods until somebody found her. Janice and Marie also asked the priest whether or not the townsfolk of Drago actually come over and worship at the church and he's like uh oh, i don't know it is kind of odd that they don't come over here what what's odd about it there's fucking agnostics and atheists fucking everywhere not everybody goes to fucking church right like especially even in 1988 1989 Like, there are a lot of people that don't do the church thing every day. Maybe it would be more common if it was nowadays versus back then. But still, that's not that far back. And there were definitely people that were just not going to church all the time. Including myself, when I was a young lad that age. Weird, right? So I guess I must be up to something no good. Cutting over to that evening, Marie wakes up, uh... I don't know why, she just kind of does, and she goes downstairs. Then all of a sudden, the downstairs area goes all. The only thing I could think about in the scene is like, if you've ever played the game Splatterhouse on the TurboGrafx 16, I think it got ported to some other things. I know Splatterhouse 2 and Splatterhouse 3 are on the Genesis, but the original, the second boss of the game, is a he's in this haunted room and all these things keep flying at him but instead of these things attacking her they just kind of fall on the floor and she screams and out comes richard and just slaps the shit out of her to bring her back to her senses and then she realized that nothing else is moving around the room and she's again uh hallucinating Cut over to the next morning, and a like I said, Richard is teaching them how to shoot the fucking gun. Of course, Marie is fucking terrible, but Janice, she's a fucking sure shot, man. I guess all those years being nonviolent and being a nun really brought up her bloodlust and really taught her how to aim a fucking rifle because she blows away that piece of wood that they're both trying to practice on. They go back in the house. They're relaxing more. And Janice wants to know exactly how Richard found this place.
3: I'd love to be able to live in a place like this. How did you find it?
2: I lucked out. I ran into the developer that owns the place. Funny guy. Guess it's been empty for about a year. February, I think. Did
1: he say you lived in it before?
2: Some old couple. why what are you two up to
0: no reason well we were thinking about maybe going back into the back room and scissoring but eh, you know X none and all can't really fucking do that We transition once again tonight, and Richard decides, hey, I need to go into town to get some supplies, and you know what? I'm going to stop by the bar and have a drink at the same time. Marie thinks nothing of it. He does go get his supplies. He does go get his beer, but then in the distance, who does he see? Succubus. And he decides, I need to have some of that succubus ass. And so he goes over and basically goes into her place, and they start getting it on uh, meanwhile, they're having sex, it's cutting back and forth to, again, something attacking the house while Marie is in it. So, while he's getting his rocks off, uh, she is getting attacked by something. Now, the sex scene in this movie is weird. Um, there's a couple things. Now, I don't know about this, but I don't know if I'm necessarily a fan, but, you know, to to the guys and some gals out there, is it sexy when a woman unbuckles your belt with her mouth? Like, goes down there and pulls it apart and manages to pull the whole belt off and everything else like that? Like, I guess it could be, I don't know, I'm just, I guess maybe I'm not into that as much. I just felt like They were doing something that they thought that every man would enjoy for this scene because, hey, it's been almost an hour, you're falling asleep, so let's throw some tits in your face. And so it does show them like having sex, but (laughs) it's like... They're they're having it at a weird angle. Like, she's on top, okay? And I'm not going to get, like, all into... Ooh, let's look at it. I mean, she does have nice boobs, by the way. But I swear to God, he's either got to have the most girthiest and longest dick in the world, or they just don't know how to fucking have sex. Because she's raised up on top of him like a good four inches maybe, three or four inches above his waist, where she would be on top of him, because she's obviously riding him in this scene, and when they focus back, she's just so far up, and he is like, his bottom half is not raised up, to be like thrusting, because she's the one moving back and forth, and it's just, that that's not how it's done, unless you're way too big and girthy for her, so, I don't know, I don't necessarily want to figure out how big and girthy Richard's penis is, but the sex scene is really fucking awkward. And then, uh, because while this is going on, the wolves, well, okay, the things, uh, I keep saying wolves because you know what they are, they're the fucking werewolves, okay, they're attacking, uh, her... marie back at home and one shoves its snout through the window and she takes a shot and when she shoots it like shoots it in the head the succubus lady like climaxes or like screams in pain i can't figure which out which one it is uh i have a feeling it's like some symbiotic type of Uh, neural network between all the werewolves, so she felt the pain of it getting shot. But of course, she was also taking away her husband from the girl, because, hey, now I'm fucking your man, even though you're married to him and he's yours, right? So, it's kind of like a trade-off. You shoot my friend, I fuck your man. Eh, that's a... Well, we don't know if that wolf actually died. So then, Richard does come home, and... Marie, she's obviously upset, because she just shot at a wolf, and he's just like, okay, I'll go out inside and check, and then he doesn't find anything, and he just thinks that maybe she's a little, you know, crazy once again. The other thing is, too, he is, like, caring because she's upset for the first part, until he has to look outside and find absolutely nothing, but when he goes to hug her, like, Wouldn't he smell like sex at that point? But she, again, is completely oblivious to anything that's going on. And in fact, you know, she never actually finds out that this has fucking happened. And that, you know, he's basically been a fucking bastard uh, because she's having mental problems and won't sleep with him. And so he decides to go get his rocks off somewhere else. Richard does go outside with a flashlight to look around to see if he can find anything out there, but everything is so goddamn well lit, why do you need the fucking flashlight you should be able to see for miles and miles and miles with the amount of lights that were put on that goddamn house. In the morning, Richard leaves once again, but Janice is out there, and for the first time, an hour into this fucking movie, we finally have some talk about werewolves.
1: Janice, it's all coming apart. I can't even believe what I see anymore. I believe you. I checked back into the history
3: of Drago. The bell in that tower came from a village called Draga, a village in Romania. Do you know why all the villagers died in that fire? The fire that burned down the bell tower? people in a nearby community burnt them alive. They believed one of the villagers from Drago was a werewolf. A werewolf, Janice? Oh, come on. It sounds crazy, but that's what they believed. You know, the church still accepts the existence of the devil, and werewolves, which are another form of the devil, have been recorded for centuries. Janice,
1: I shot a wolf, okay? Okay. Or something that looked like a wolf. It wasn't some devil. But,
3: Marie, but if there had been some
1: form of a werewolf,
3: and if Sister Ruth... Okay, just
1: stop it, all right? Just stop it right there. Whatever caused Sister Ruth to lose it was real, all right? Don't you get it? It wasn't some mythical, mystical devil incarnate.
0: Okay, Marie, let's look at what your reasoning is here. Whatever turned her crazy was real, but... You are absolutely certain that all these other things are happening to you. That you're seeing the dead people that lived in the house. If they're dead, but random people that lived in the house. You've seen Sister Ruth in your house, at the barbecue, everywhere else. And that's okay. I believe in what's going on there. But You can't believe in fucking werewolves, even when a wolf came into your house. So supernatural, supernatural, supernatural. Oh, werewolves—that ain't fucking right. There's no such thing as fucking werewolves. So she decides that she's not sleeping well enough. So she's gonna go over to the doctor that helped Ruth because she needs a refill on her volume. And of course, doctor knows best. Marie, are you sure?
1: I'm positive. Well, I'm not exactly positive I shot at a wolf, but something tried to attack me last night.
2: Uh, I've never heard of a wolf in these parts. Perhaps it was a raccoon. They're the most persistent scavengers around. Uh, It can be pretty mean at night. Easy to mistake.
1: That had to be the biggest raccoon I've ever seen
2: shadows do things if you haven't been sleeping uh, perhaps your mind is well probably overreacted
1: I've been having some pretty wild dreams I even thought that the house was haunted by the people who used to live there I saw them it was like they were trying to warn me about something
2: (sighs) Don't worry. There's nothing in the forest or in your house to harm you.
0: Well, bull-fucking-shit. There's obviously something out there that's trying to harm her, because it keeps fucking chasing her. And then, like, what doctor during this time just has volume-fucking-in-his-office, like, randomly? I mean, you have to get a prescription for that type of bullshit, right? Like, if I, she was in L.A., she could get the doctor to refill a prescription. But I guess all you have to do is drive out into the middle of fucking nowhere into a town that has a population of, like, ten that happens to have a fucking doctor. And just like jelly beans at the candy man's place, he's got his fucking volume there. So he'll just fucking pour it over. Okay, how many do you need? 35 pills? Sure. 200 pills? Okay, whatever is going to help you fall fucking asleep. So she goes back over to the house. And, well, she talks to Tom first. And Tom has the information that she wanted. The plates that she asked about don't actually go back to the two people, the two hikers, uh, that she had met earlier. Instead, they go back to the last name of Brooks. And, of course, she starts thinking, oh, this is really no good. Uh, I guess I was wrong about this. And she goes home, and that whole thing about the investigation pisses Richard off that evening where he decides I'm gonna be taking you back to LA because you need to see a fucking shrink
2: how much more am I supposed to take you put together a few bad dreams and a frustrated lesbian and you come up with howling werewolves and demented nuns Christ you even involved Tama, on my back
1: Richard I know that this sounds very strange no
2: this doesn't sound strange Marie it is strange You know, I blame myself for this, I really do I blame myself for going down to L.A. and leaving you here alone You were supposed to be resting, Marie You weren't supposed to be running around with Janice like a couple of Ghostbusters No wonder your dreams are getting worse
1: Richard, did you hear that?
2: (sighs) That's it, Marie That is it Tomorrow I'm taking you back to L.A. and we're getting you to see a shrink
0: Really, he should have said, that's it, Marie. That's it. If you say that's the howling one more fucking time, I am going to go and fuck somebody else. Because that's basically all he's doing. Like, he just can't handle this. And so he decides to leave once again to go out into the forest and find Succubus Lady, who starts to fuck him, but becomes a fucking wolf and bites his shoulder. And what's the reason why she would decide to bite and run? Well, because she likes fucking him. She likes him and wants to turn him into a werewolf. And of course, uh, you know, after Maria has taken her Valium, which is supposed to knock her out, uh, she sees Richard come back into the house, and he is just stunned. He says he's been attacked by a wolf, and he has those giant bark bite marks on his shoulder where he's bleeding from. So, it's pretty obvious what's going on. Uh, she calls the doctor, and of course, after the doctor goes upstairs and looks at him, he determines that, yeah, he didn't get bitten by a wolf. He actually fell down a gully. He'll be okay. A few
2: scratches, bump on the head, smile concussion.
1: But his shoulder. The bite marks.
2: Bite marks? There weren't any bite marks. Just a few scratches.
1: Dr. Richard was attacked by a
0: wolf. He fell down a gully, Marie maybe you don't go with the gully right away maybe you say well he just walked into a door and i can get you some nerf doors or you know what he fell down the stairs we can get some nerf stairs for him too it's so obvious that that's not that would happen and she's so okay with like you know what it really just was even richard tells her, no it was just a scratch Nothing happened to me. Like, his whole demeanor has changed. And he's healed all the way up, so... Dun-dun-dun. You know exactly what's happened. He got bit by the fucking lady. He's gonna become a fucking werewolf. Oh, And let me tell you, that werewolf makeup was horrible, too. It just looked like a fucking dog. Especially when it ran away, it looked like a fucking dog. That's it. It didn't look like a wolf... They went out and found some mangy-ass mud at some shelter and decided to, like, give it a black-haired eye and that's your fucking wolf. That's what it is. Ugh. And even thinking back, we didn't get a goddamn transformation of the lady. She literally went from frame to being normal to frame to being shitty fucking costume of a wolf to a dog running the fuck away. Ugh. It's... (laughs) it's so bad it's so bad so now we go into the next morning and marie is talking with janice and she just believes that it's you know it's just been her under a lot of stress and straight up being crazy why all of these weird things seem to be happening
1: look janice this whole sister ruth thing i should never have said that i would help you I had a nervous breakdown in L.A. I couldn't tell what was real and what was dreams. Last night, I even imagined that Richard was attacked by a wolf. My doctor sent me here to rest, and instead, I'm trying to solve some mystery that probably isn't. Are you saying that,
3: that you imagined everything that's happened?
1: Dreams, that's, that's all they were. There was nothing supernatural, no ESP. They were just dreams. That's it. And the vision of Sister Ruth? I I don't know. All I know is that Richard fell down a gully and banged himself up. And I convinced myself that he was attacked by a wolf. I even bandaged the bite on his shoulder. It took both Richard and the doctor to convince me that there was no bite. It was all in my mind.
0: Yeah, sure, it was all in your mind. Meanwhile, here's Tom, who's worried about you. He's showing up. Uh, Richard chases Tom out of the house gets upset with fucking Marie because he thinks that she's fucking around with him. Meanwhile, you've slept with Wolf Lady twice and got bitten by her and basically is becoming a goddamn uh, werewolf. Uh, It makes no sense why you should be bitching about these things. You're covering it up. But again, Marie is stupid enough not even to fucking see the signs or notice anything is weird or different. Meanwhile, Tom, he decides to go after Janice to talk a little bit more about what's been going on with Marie, and they come to the revelation that, hey, that car actually didn't belong to the hitchhiker, it belonged to somebody else.
3: It was all my fault. I, I was trying to find out what happened to my friend, Sister Ruth. I got Marie involved and put all kinds of thoughts into her head
2: you mean that werewolf nonsense
3: that and many other things
2: but what about the license plates
3: it was all part of it
2: yeah she even got the names wrong the license plates belonged to somebody called brooks
3: brooks but that couldn't be that was sister ruth's last name sister ruth brooks
0: Yeah, it turns out that old couple that ran the cottage was Sister Ruth's parents. The car that was being taken away, or the Chevy van that was being taken away, was actually her parents' van. Or RV, Where the fuck it is. This is Chevy, okay? Uh, <laughs> so Sister Ruth was there to help them with something, and she got caught up in all the same mess that they got caught up in as well. Uh, they decided to split up. Thomas is going to go after and help Marie... And Janice, she's going to go and talk to the priest. And talk to the priest about whether or not Sister Ruth was going to perform an exorcism. Uh, He gives her a Bible. I believe it's one that she had been using. I was really not paying a whole lot of attention at this point in the film. And Tom, he actually sees Richard, who's going out on the road, not looking too well. Stops to try to help him. Then he gets attacked by other werewolves and basically bites the dust... And, uh, dies. Uh, we go back over to Janice, who is looking through the Bible that was given to her by the priest from earlier in the film. And when she does, she sees this, like, line of text. And it looks like it's either on, like, cloth or parchment or something like that. But then she comes to the revelation of what she was actually saying out loud to everybody. The priest believed it to be, like, something to do with fear but what it actually is is fucking stupid.
3: The devil's hatred for God has turned man into a habitation for demons. Demons. Werewolves. Yeah. We're all in fear. all fear. Where fear. Where where we're all in fear. Where uma, where we're all are here? in here. in here. over here. here? here.
0: Yes, werewolves are here. That's what she was really saying. Oh my god, the twist. We know fucking werewolves are here. The movie is called Howling 4. Why is it called the original Nightmare? Why is there the goddamn tagline of "uh that? <laughs> Fear is breeding fast. Why did werewolves not get talked about into the last 30 minutes of the goddamn movie? This is so dumb. Like ah. Oh. And the fact of the matter is the coolest scene in the goddamn movie is just about to happen. See after Tom eats it And we see Richard not doing too well. He goes through a really cool-looking fucking transformation scene. I wanted to see it, but it's weird because he just starts melting. Like, all his skin starts melting off. He goes down to the bone. He looks at everybody. There's all these (sighs) horrible fucking costumes, man. Like... It seriously looks like this is from the 1930s, like a silent era film, and they've just like glued hair onto them in specific places and given them like fang vampire teeth and said, Here, that's what your werewolf looks like. Like they're not wolves, they're not anything else, they haven't transformed into anything, they're not the half man, half wolf type of werewolf that i've been expecting in this movie the entire fucking time you do not get that what you get is people in light colored makeup that's it but you get a kick-ass fucking like melting scene i see where they put all their money into the fact that they're going to turn him into whatever it is because he melts into the ground and then the just the bones and then the bones sink in and then what starts to rise out of the goop is a like wolf but it's not a werewolf again it's just a fucking wolf but it's not really a wolf it's a fucking dog okay that's what you get to see that's what he's turned into (sighs) oh boy eventually everybody starts going after Marie and Janice comes in to save the day but they figure that they gotta get to the bell house because that has some way of actually killing the werewolves uh basically to get them like the legend says you know get them over there ring the bell set the place on fire blah 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 so while they're running away from the wolves they get inside and they find out who the big bad leader of all the wolves is if This is true. It could be, I really thought it was going to be Succubus Lady. I didn't think it was going to be the person that it was. So I was a little surprised that the doctor turned out to be the actual leader of the whole like werewolf clan or whatever it is. So I'm going to play the clip of that meeting because there is, I didn't want to split it up into two smaller clips, so there is going to be some non-dialogue for just a little bit, but that's just basically the doctor I want you to imagine in that scene and when he reveals that he's the werewolf. He like rips open his face again in a cool looking scene in this shitty movie, uh, and that's when he reveals his true colors as The Werewolf <laughs>
2: Doctor! You were right, Janice. They are werewolves. Ah! <coughs> 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 <coughs>
3: them according to the legend the tower must be burnt with the werewolves inside you must set it on fire what about you I'm mustering the bell to summon the werewolves go now Where? before they get both of us go
0: so Janice runs up to the top and starts ringing the bell tower to get all the wolves to jump inside this like old church I don't know how it works. It just fucking does. And again, the the makeup that was used for the doctor in his... This is what I expected. Like, he started to transform into whatever a fucking werewolf would look like. It can look a little different from movie to movie. I don't really give a shit. But... That's a fucking werewolf. The doctor's a fucking werewolf. Those other things, they are dogs. They are fucking dogs and they don't belong in this fucking movie. But they all manage to break through the window by jumping through it and going inside. Marie, she sets a truck on fire by leaving a trail of gas and then pushing it down the hill. I guess she's like able to have that much adrenaline and strength to move the goddamn truck really quick before the lit, basically like fuse, goes into the gas tank of the truck and blows everything up. Uh, and it runs into wherever they're at and it blows up everybody, Janice included. And then she looks down and sees Richard's corpse there burning in the fire. And she looks up at the last possible minute, we get a jump scare, which is the initial vision that she had at the beginning of the movie of a flaming wolf jumping at her. And then the end credits, and that sweet, sweet song plays once again.
1: Richard! Richard! Richard!
0: the howling four i know i rushed through a couple parts in the film but honestly everything moves at a fucking snail's pace and it's really fucking annoying and you know what else is funny do you know who sings that song right there that's right you guessed it it's justin hayward of the moody blues what that's who you got to sing your theme song that's who agreed to sing your direct-to-video movie. At least it was a rated R movie, not like The Howling Three Marsupials, which is PG-13. But the title of this movie makes no fucking sense. Like, how is this the original nightmare? Did this, like, supposedly start everything? What? Why? Why would you call it this? there's gotta be something that would make this, like, a prequel of sorts, but it's not even a fucking prequel, it's just some random fucking movie, I have a feeling that there was a script that was written, and, you know, whether or not it was originally thought of by Clive Turner as being an original script, but I just have a feeling that he had an idea for a story, right, and, they said, we need to make a new Howling movie. Can you turn your story into a Howling movie? And he's like, yeah, I'll throw the fucking, you know, uh, werewolves at the end of it. And we'll somehow tie it in. Uh, the last... I was fucking sitting there, fuming. Because shit happens in this movie nothing happens she is so goddamn dumb and so goddamn oblivious that it doesn't matter if her husband cheats on her with succubus lady that doesn't really speak english well or that the townsfolk are trying to stop her from doing things because those areas are sacred to them or it's gonna fucking out them and it's plainly fucking obvious that this can go on Everything just. It just moves along. There is one werewolf attack in the middle that has consequences, okay? And there's the chasing scene. You could say that as well, but you never see the fucking animals. All you know is that they've killed Pierre and they killed the two hikers and probably ate their uh, flesh and used their bones for a nice fucking stew. But they're not werewolves. They're just. Wolves. They're people that turn into wolves. And the only werewolf is the doctor. <sighs> I guess you could call them werewolves because they do turn other people into fucking wolves or, or werewolves or whatever the fuck they are. But how is this the original Nightmare? Unless, of course, we look at what her visions are, right? The vision that she has at the beginning after she sees... Uh, sister ruth for the first time of the wolf jumping out of the fire well out of the barbecue pit and then the ending it comes full circle and there's a wolf jumping out of the fire at her is that what the original nightmare is is the fact that she saw how she was going to die at the you know and actually has that happened to her in the film like she had the premonition and if she just had not gone out there was the doctor in town totally in on it like look you need to kill these guys I don't know. There could have been so many other like cooler interesting things that they could have done with this film i felt like they had a decent base script but maybe they needed more time or they needed to cut the fat of some of the stuff in the beginning and then add fat to when the wolves actually attacked like it would have been kind of neat to see them like hold up in the house and the wolves are attacking them and then here comes richard and she thinks oh he's part of us but he's really a wolf so it's Like, there's so many missed opportunities, and I understand that the Howling movies kind of got silly after the first one, but at least there is some semblance of a competent fucking story where this, like, it just feels like it goes nowhere. You're padding your time the entire time that you're watching the goddamn movie, that nothing is going on, and then... You don't even mention werewolves until an hour into the fucking movie? Who fucking does that? Like, I I just... I just want something different for this film. You know, it it is acted terrible, too. Uh, I mean, there isn't a real saving grace. Maybe Janice, but... Everything feels like it's ADR'd to the point that at one scene where there's Janice and Tom talking to each other. And it's a little further than the clip I paid where they figured out that it was Sister Ruth's parents that had that car and that lived in that place. But every time, like when you have two characters talking and you want to do a portrait shot of that character, right? Usually that person's talking when you do that shot. I, I'm going to focus on your face while you're talking and then we're going to cut away and we're going to go to the other character and the other character's going to talk and that's how the dialogue is going to go back and forth because I want to do close-ups But the way this was done Look I'm going to close up on you But she's going to be fucking talking And you're not really going to be paying attention And then we're going to fucking flip it To where she's not talking But it's focused on her But she doesn't seem like she's really paying attention That much to the goddamn scene Why would you do something like that It just Fucking frustrates me So much Oh man I guess I should thank the Hiccups podcast for requesting that I watch this piece of shit. (laughs) Oh, man. So what do I rate the film after I've raved this last little bit? Well, for the gore factor, I give this a 2 out of 5. It's not very gory, but the two scenes that are done that are gory are done well. When he gets bitten on the arm, the makeup is okay, but really the transformation scene is where it's fucking at, and it looks pretty gruesome. Uh, and then when the doctor, like, rips part of his face off so that it can grow into the wolf type face, that looked pretty good too. So I'm giving them a little more on the benefit of the doubt, the gore. Uh the crap factor of this movie is a five out of five. From a shitty story to shitty audio syncing to shitty acting to sets that look like they were used just like over and over and over again. It it, it is just bad. The pacing, everything about it is just so crappy that it gets the maximum crapness score. Uh, And then the fun factor. This is a 1 out of 5. It is not a fun movie. It's not a movie that is even so bad it's good. I wasn't laughing at some of the things that were going on. Normally, even if a movie is bad, you can laugh at certain scenes. But there just wasn't anything funny about it being bad. It was just bad for bad. So it gets a 1 out of 5. Which brings my overall rating, which is as you know, never an average. Uh, to one out of five headless dogs, um, it is just a chore to sit through. If you want to watch it, oh, it is available on Amazon Prime, as I have found out. Um, so you're not going to spend any money renting it or doing anything like that. Um, but I just, I would have rather watched this in that Spanish version that I found, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I mean, at least then I could have made fun of the fact that it was in Spanish, um, and I had no idea what was going on, but it was still a pile of shit. So, again, thank you, the Hiccups Podcast, and that's Hiccups Podcast on Twitter. Hiccups Podcast, all one word, at Hiccups Podcast. Um, and uh go ahead and check them out as well and thank you again for the suggestion for the film uh and I hope you guys listening you know enjoyed my take on this movie so we have gone through the frankenstein film um technically i'd say we've gone through the werewolf film, but they barely showed up. so what is this next film that we are going to watch to complete the theme for October? well almost complete the theme, uh, three parts of the theme will be there, why, it is going to be a vampire movie, that's right, and this one, uh, because when I first thought of my idea of what I wanted to do, uh, My lovely wife, she gave me a film for both the werewolf movie and for the vampire movie. Now, with a vampire movie, some are going to be like, well, that's not really a vampire. It's a vampire movie, okay? If you've seen it before, you know it's a vampire movie. You haven't seen it before. um, It's kind of worth a watch. Um, So, she picked out this movie. And I've never done a movie that she's wanted me to do. So... (laughs) This one's for you, babe. Uh, Here, let's go ahead and listen to the trailer.
2: Hello. My name is Violet. My name is Violet. I was born into a world you may not understand. You may not understand. We start at the beginning. Everything changed when a government lab discovered a virus that caused genetic mutation. They used it to create faster and stronger soldiers. The problem was, we became a threat. I want them hunted down and killed. Get on the
0: ground! Right. On your knees! We've managed to eradicate almost all of, them. Okay. all of them.
2: Those of us that survived extinction started fighting back. Compromised, destroyed Copy that They made her a weapon Killing is what I do, it's what I'm good at They made her a target The humans want me You jeopardize everything by coming here I don't have any place left to go, Garth Besides,
1: you have all my guns
2: In the final days of mankind's greatest war. This is pure suicide. No one but you could have put this up. She will decide their fate. Are you mental? Come and get it disruption. Why are you doing this? Because I hate humans. You used to be human. But not anymore, right? I got sick and now I'm something worthy of extermination.
0: You won't make it out of this complex alive. Watch
2: me. (laughs) born into a world you may not understand. Ultraviolet.
0: That's right. She wants me to go through Ultraviolet starring Mila Jovovich. Jovovich, I know, but you know, my whole thing with Resident Evil stuff. So, uh, it is a vampire movie, believe it or not. Uh, that is a spoiler alert, I guess, uh, if you've never seen it. Uh, but it's relatively obvious right in the beginning of the movie that this is a vampire movie and a lot of people thought it was just some weird sci-fi movie that came out um and it is way overly done with cg uh it is available currently uh as of this recording on amazon prime so you can watch it if you have uh amazon prime uh it is included with your package and uh so it, it is a movie, I would say, that you might want to watch beforehand, um, just to see how ridiculous it is. It, it is absolutely ridiculous. So, uh, that is all going to culminate into the movie that follows that and close off October. Um, so... As always, uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at T underscore T underscore podcast. If you are not following us right now, please follow as soon as I get to a 1,000 followers. uh, I may be running a contest. Uh, And if you are the 1,000th follower, you can select a movie uh, for me to review. I do have one uh, where you can also um, find me on the Horror Amino. Um, I try to do little things i'm trying to get up to the the leveling system is a little annoying to me uh to enable you to do some stuff but uh hopefully i can reach the level that i want to so i can do little things uh that i think would be fun especially based around horrible horror movies um so follow me there if you haven't i i always kind of put everything up in an every little place uh facebook.com uh slash terrible terror podcast you can go ahead and like and uh, you know, it, it's not as active as my Twitter is, um, that's probably the most active, and where you can find me most of the time, uh, DM me, or, um, you know, uh, tweet at me, uh, with suggestions and stuff like that, if there's a movie that you want to see, there is one that's gonna, I might move stuff around once again, um, I know I always think these three through at the end of the goddamn podcast and should keep it to myself, but I do have a suggestion that came from somebody on the horror, amino that I am going to do. I am going to take care of. Um, and I believe the movie is in my queue, but I might move some things around so I can do it earlier for you. Uh, and, uh, I think that's... Oh, yeah, and you can always follow the podcast on Instagram, too. Sometimes I post stupid dad joke things uh, through there that have to deal with horror. And the fact, also, this podcast has come out on Friday the 13th, and I did do not do a Jason movie. Um, you know, it's a little disappointing, but go back and listen to both of those on Friday the 13th. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, it's Jason Takes Manhattan, and, of course, Jason X... So, uh, again, I thank you guys for continuously, uh, listening, for interacting with me. Um, you know, there's the regulars that are out there, um, that, you know, we chat, uh, also, uh, the, the boys in No Sequel For You, uh, podcast, Andy and Dave, um, they just changed formats, uh, and I think if you didn't give them a chance before, can you please go and check out their podcast? it's very interesting. I like the new format, uh, a lot better. You get a lot more meat, uh, in a lot shorter amount of time. Um, so it's very entertaining, but one that you should go back and listen to is their discussion on the stuff. Uh, it's a very good episode to listen to. So, um, without further ado, um, uh, thank you guys again, I I will always, 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 always thank you, because this is just a stupid, shitty little podcast that I do, and I'm surprised that as many people listen to it as it does, uh, and uh, the fact that I hit number 38 in Indonesia on the iTunes charts uh, is great, and speaking of those charts, before I forget, oh my god, how do I forget this, please, please rate and review me on Apple podcasts. Uh, I would greatly appreciate it. I understand if you listen through, um, you know, things like Google play and, uh, you know, podcast addict or whatever application that you use, that's not Apple podcasts. Um, but the, the iTunes, um, you know, it's sadly, it's essential. Uh, and it's what things, you know, what people look at when they look at statistics and shit like that. So if you have an Apple account and you can leave a review, or if you can leave a review on uh google play as well if that has been enabled i don't know if it does it or not i don't know i'm rambling now and i'm going on way too long at the end of this podcast but yes please 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 i would love to have some ratings uh from you guys and uh if you start leaving them i'll start reading on at the end of the podcast instead of me just rambling on here i will ramble on whatever you have to say um and if you don't know what to say you could always just leave something like you know terrible terror is cool i really like it five fucking stars you piece of shit i don't mean it but you are a piece of shit um (laughs) so thank you guys again i know i would do that way too fucking much uh and we will talk to you next time when we look at the film ultraviolet ta-ta for now